Who can it be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. <laughs> nah, <laughs> spit out my water. I forgot where we left off because uh, we had a couple of days of uh, essentially uh, wind-driven uh, power outages, weather anomalies. I, yeah, that's a that's a great term for it. Yeah, weather anomalies that that pushed us back a couple of days. Yeah, but uh, we met up last week, right? We were we were we had a we'd recorded. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't remember seeing you last week, but that's no, not to no, say no. that did not was happen. Was that a dream? Was that a dream, David? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I have I have been thinking about you a lot. So when I go for jogs, you know, the, I told you I've been listening to uh, Ready Player Two. Oh, uh, yeah, so jealous. And every time they bring up any kind of trivia or, I don't know, I just I always think of you going jumping in. And being able to answer the question. <laughs> is also, Will Wheaton I, uh, reading the second book? Oh, yes. Oh, thank Will God. Will Wheaton is reading. Yeah. Thank God. Do, does an excellent job. And I, I love all their, the, the, just their names inside, when they're inside. Um, uh, in, in the Oasis? In the Oasis. Yeah. And then when they're in real life. Yeah. Uh, you get to pick your own name. Yeah. You know, your own cool name. You got, you got um, Parzival. Yeah. Right, um, Artemis. Both of them. You know, I don't want. I'm not going to give anything away. All, all I'm telling you is that those, at least those two, and Will Wheaton, are are back. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And they brought up uh, a couple of times. Um, and I think they brought this up in the first book, but they brought up uh, Princess Bride. Oh, that's tight. I got to revisit the first book because I was. I don't remember. I feel like I kept hearing people talk about it, so I listened to the book, and halfway through the book. Spielberg optioned the movie, or no, I think Spielberg had optioned the movie before it had gotten released originally, but mm-hmm. uh, but somehow I knew the movie was getting made mid-reading the book, um, so I consumed the book, absolutely loved the book, and then a year and a half went by before I saw the movie, and so there was stuff that was like slightly different, but I, did, I was far enough removed from the book that I wasn't married to it, but I yeah. love the movie so much that I've watched it so many times that now I have to kind of go back and like kind of remember the book more, more than uh, yeah, yeah. the movie. Because the movie's <laughs> yeah, so I, fun, but it's different. It is very different. I remember the second half of that movie was just so far, um, it just not out of the storyline, but they had picked so many little bits. Did you enjoy the movie as, as a fan of the I did. I'm, so, I'm very easy to please yeah. with movies. You know, I, I'm glad that I had read the book beforehand. Yes. But seeing the film afterward, I left the theater. The Shining thinking, scene was so I liked incredible. That. Even man, th- there were a lot of, of friends of mine who said, you know, it is kind of a. I didn't like it because I didn't follow the book. But how are you? How can you ever follow a book that covers? It would be an eight-hour movie. Yeah, I you mean, know, so I, I guess under- you would make it a show instead of a. That that would yeah, be the right yeah. way to do it, right? Exactly. Right. A little mini. Uh, it's not a, a mini series. Um, I guess it would technically be a mini series, right? Right. Yeah. That's what they did with X-Files, right? Game of Thrones, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. Well, hearing, I mean, I heard Wesley in there and reminded me of Wesley and all, you know, the names that we thought of and the and the reason why we name our kids what we do yeah. and, and all of that. And I was trying to think of, there's so many, you know, going into kindergarten, TK, you, you meet a lot of different kids and uh, interesting names. Some are like variations, like there's Jackson, which is a traditional spelling, and then there's like the Jackson with two X's, or the J-A-X-S-O-H-N. 
strange Whoa, one. Jack you know, Sony. you try to mm-hmm. you try to make it a little different. You know, bring in uh, maybe an original name, but put a little bit of a twist on it because it's tough to say, "Hey, I'm Jackson with two X's." It's tough when you think your kid's gonna have to explain themselves like that for the rest of their life. Yeah. So if you make the name completely different, uh, you know, that's sonically you can tell what it is. It's you know, like let's say Lindsay and Minzy. If I told you, oh, hi, I'm Minzy, you have a better idea of how to spell my name. Yeah. Right? I was looking at names, like older names, and I found one. I came one across one. And uh, Blair. I like Blair. Blair is a good name. It's kind of a unisex. It's an androgynous name. It could be there's Blair Underwood. There's Blair from uh, Facts of Life. Blair from Gossip um, Girl. Blair from Gossip Girl. But it's it's very plain, right? So Blair is plain. Um but you know what's not plain? What is that, Justin? Polaris. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness, man. Stuck this is the first one I was stressing for a little bit, trying, trying, trying to think of one that wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> can, can we redo? Hear <laughs> it. That gum you like is coming back in style. Oh, my gosh. They did that in reverse. Yeah, man. (laughs) I am the arm, and I sound like this. (laughs) Let's just do a whole episode of Twin Peaks quotes. So uh, a couple things. Jim tagged himself at your mall. (laughs) Randomly. Right, And, and I don't like to... I have a, I have a tendency just to react <laughs> and not really assess the situation. And I looked at it and I thought, well, maybe there's a Simi in Arizona. Maybe I'm mistaken. And I looked it up and there's there's like an SIMI foundation and there's like a, a location there. It might be some kind of Indian Indian name, but it, there's not an actual location Simi. So then I went back to our account, looked at the post from Jim and clicked on it. And sure enough... It says Santa Claus at the Simi Mall points right to the mall up there where Santa Claus is, you know, was. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, there's no way. It had 1223.95. On his Axe Effects right? pedal, right? On his yeah. Axe Effects. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, I mean, could he be up there? There's a radio station up there, but it's country. There's a, a you know, it's, it's a, unfortunately, it's one of our malls that's falling apart. So there's, there's uh, a lot of empty stores. I thought maybe he rented out some space to just to jam. He was passing through. And, <laughs> or, and then I thought maybe he's at the studio movie grill and he rented uh, one of the presentation areas and was doing something there. I don't think it's any of those. I think your theory is correct that he probably just put in Santa Claus. And for whatever reason in Instagram, <laughs> That just happens to be the top choice. Right. I don't know. I'm still, I mean, I even posted it as a comment in JG429's post on subreddit. Didn't get any responses, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, Zach has posted, at the, at the point that this episode comes out, we might know what this all is about. Right. Um, our guess, our best guess is that they're going to do a uh, live performance. What's interesting is they've done live performances online before without this fanfare. Um, so I'm kind of excited from that standpoint to see sort of like what it is they're going to pull off. The area that Zach took photos of looked like a nice, beautiful, big room, like a practice space. There's a practice well, space. Well, wasn't that, that the same space that him and Trombino and uh, Drive Like Jehu? So that was in Burbank, though, wasn't it? That we found out that they shot like an episode of like 
uh, some Disney Channel show or something. Ocean Way was it? Ocean Studios in Burbank. Yeah. So um, they recorded. Uh, was it? It was the um, Stay on My Side tonight. Was it closer? Or, uh, um, it was Stay on My Side tonight because uh, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. That so was what if the guy from what Sparta? If they're out here and all that stuff. So that's possible because it does. The, Zach, uh, Zach tagged Phoenix, Arizona, though. But nah. it does look like the practice space um, when Blink-182 is getting ready to go uh, to tour, the practice space they have looks very similar to that. Yeah. Um, but that could also just be like, uh, you know, um, nicely priced practice studio aesthetic. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, hard to say. Right. Are they in Burbank? Are they in Simi? Are they in Phoenix? Who can know? Um, Who can know? I mean, we may know. By the time this we is may out. Know. Uh, and the reason we're doing Polaris t- today um, is uh, I feel like it was talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if somebody said they were excited to hear us do an episode on Polaris or Polaris was coming up a bunch. And we were like, well, how can we do Polaris? And you had an idea of like uh, we had some empty spots and you were like, uh, what can we fit in these empty spots? Some sort of celestial event. And is it the winter solstice that we're coming upon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, then, and that's on the 21st of December, which lands on this Couple year days on Monday. Couple days after this releases, right? Yeah. It was the closest that I could think of that was a, a noteworthy celestial event. And the way this uh, ship operates, that's close enough. <laughs> right. I know. Even though that's not even celestial, right? It's just, it's it's a seasonal thing. Right. Yeah. It's a, a seasonal untitled thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it has so. to do, I'll tell you what, it has to do with the pole, right? That's yeah. that we're spinning on the pole, that imaginary pole. And that uh-huh. is just exactly. And that's <laughs> at the end of its, of its spin. Uh, however many degrees, what is that? Uh, 23.4 degrees, right? So we've oh, gone to that yeah, full, man. that full, or, or maybe that's just the axis that we're on. Uh, whatever it is, uh, something's changing after the 21st. I know that it's going to start getting lighter. Thank goodness. I like the dark. I dig it. You know, I didn't think it was it, it didn't it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I thought it was just going to be yeah. a very grim season, but I mean, aside from having a couple of days, yeah, literally you know, it's funny, in the dark. Everybody's like, every time this happens, people curse uh, daylight saving time. They're like, oh, I hate daylight saving time. No, what you hate is standard time because that's it. Actually, gets dark at this time. <laughs> this is real standard yeah. time. The daylight saving time <laughs> is in the summer. Daylight saving time starts. Uh, in whatever uh, May or something, June. Yeah, right, right. For uh, the summer, yeah. And so daylight saving time ended, and now we're back at standard time. And then what was it? I feel like a couple of years ago there was a ballot initiative. I don't know if you had it out there and see me or if it. I, I don't we know. We did. It was it a California thing? That makes sense. Yeah, um, it was a California about, thing. Yeah. Uh, abolishing daylight saving time, and everybody was all about it. And I was like, look, understand that. Yes, I am all about it. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, it means that in the summer it won't stay light as long, which again, I'm all for. <laughs> but I think uh, I think people need to consider uh, consider what the reality of the situation is. Anyway, all that is to say, um, oh, I received today. I'm gonna be real quiet about this. Uh, I received today Susie's M1 MacBook Air and played with it, and it's very very cool. <laughs> um, so I'm moving uh, my phone because I realized that you probably didn't hear me whispering, but I'm whispering right in the microphone. I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's very, very cool, but I have not opened 37 tabs in Chrome in it yet, but there's no fan in it, so it definitely <laughs> is that the, won't is make that the noise. the benchmark? Wow. 
Even yeah. even running at full blast, it's not even going to be making a noise. Nope. Not wow. possible. Um, Amazing. It'll throttle itself, I guess, um, and I'll see how that... But apparently Chrome is optimized for the M1, so I'm excited to see that, too. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, lastly, a couple things. We still have our contest running, so if you leave a rating and review in the iTunes store, let us know. Uh, you'll be entered into our contest to win a year of supporter status over on Chorus FM. Uh, and we have a merch store now that's getting posted in the show notes of all the episodes and Patreon is still free for a month. Uh, and this episode is going to have an extended covers episode, uh, that will be released concurrently with this. So you can have access to that without further ado, Polaris track eight of 11. Also, uh, Oh, please. Yes. (laughs) Also, uh, isn't this the track that you also refer to as kill? It is, and I actually came across in the community section, somebody, it, it was very confusing, and I don't even think I ended up writing it down, but I think <laughs> I think they said, uh, oh yeah, it's that way on the song Kill from Polaris, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I do also call Polaris Kill, but uh, <laughs> uh, Polaris I is mean, not a all the lyrics, if you had to release, pull yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, I I, think I, kill if you had to most... ask me, this is Kill. Kill, track yeah. 8 of 11, produced <laughs> so, by yeah, Gilmore. Track Martin. 8 of 11, <laughs> sometimes called Polaris. Yes. Um, and uh, and I guess I can go through a couple more stats uh, before I get lost in it. it they've played this. This is their... What's funny is, uh, doing the research on this song, everybody compares this in 23 as, like, the GOAT songs on Future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This is their 23rd most played song in concert at 224 what, times 23rd? uh 196 wow. by jim uh, uh by the band and 28 by jim um but their 23rd most played song first time they played it was october 18th 2004 at the old brick house grill in phoenix and the last time was this year when jim did his acoustic solo from the rebel lounge and a notable yeah. high note of b flat four the song is an e flat major with a 5b camelot duration of 451 111 bpm i always enjoy those tracks that are in e flat i know that there's several uh, it's pretty much the the standard tuning for uh weezer's songs mm, but I every see. every now and then you'll see it in uh, jimmy Eat world even though they're more drop d but i just like having <laughs> because I, I keep my acoustic the one that i just pick up and jam on uh that yeah. one stays e flat that one oh. stays uh Half step and down. I don't like I don't like how I mean I guess I, I I can understand why they call it this but ultimate guitar refers to it as the Hendrix um Hendrix tuning and I imagine it's just because maybe he was the first person to make it sure uh, popular but it's unfortunately I don't know how common it is but of the list of let's say 30 different tunings that you can set this the six strings to tune to in their little tool uh-huh. it's way down at the bottom of the list huh I wish you could p- pin it because I only use like maybe two tunings. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that bums me out. Every time I go to, to retune that acoustic, I was to scroll a couple of times and <laughs> sour about it. <laughs> so, now, yes, E-flat. because it's Jimmy Eat World and they write 90% of their stuff in drop D, do you think this is drop D with the capo on the one? I guess I could. Uh, we'll, we'll look at no. some live videos. But um, well, yeah, we have to look at the live videos because it doesn't sound like he's. Well, I mean, I can't really judge. It doesn't sound like. Their traditional chords that he's playing, 
know, it's kind of uh-huh. like those those chords where he'll play a couple of uh, strings that are in a chord, and then it's just like a, right. almost like an open tuning. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is capoed on on the one. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. And we have a demo for mm-hmm. this one. But before we get to that, should we dig into some lyrics? Sure. All right. I sure. did not do. I did look at genius. I looked at song meanings. Uh, and actually, the top song meaning comment was really, really good. And then I was like, I don't want I read through it. But uh, the one time, but I was like, I don't think I would have sussed this from this lyrics. So I'm not going to go through the lyrics myself um, to uh, I'll do it live on the show or or do it with you. So okay. I have no sure I have no uh, none of my own <laughs> thoughts on this song. Okay. Well, there was plenty. I mean, I, this one was, this is such a big song that I didn't, again, I didn't want to go to genius or song meanings and read through all of those people, what they had said first and have that um, influence my thought. I, ah. Although if you were to look at the lyrics, I think as any Jimmy world fan would understand it, these lyrics aren't that hard to understand or cryptic. So we'll go through them. And uh, I, I imagine that you and I will, will probably land around the same point on what we think the song is about so let's do it it starts out with i'll say it straight and plain i know i've made mistakes i've always been afraid and i think this is just coming out and saying it uh straight and plain just like he says in line one i've made mistakes i've always been afraid let's just get it all out there rip off the band-aid i'm i am very guilty of making mistakes i understand i could technically be potentially be in the wrong right now and maybe that's why they're leading this song with that um i've always been afraid i don't know if it's to approach uh people about these mistakes that they're making um or addressing the mistakes that they've made you you know how people uh say that they make mistakes based on fear so it could be that uh because he's always afraid of any situation no matter what the outcome it's led to him making mistakes and he wants to be upfront about it. I think certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And very good. I've always been afraid could definitely mean that's, that's why I've made these mistakes. Um, a thousand nights or more. I travel East and North, but please answer the door. So a thousand nights or more, I think we're starting to get into what the song, um, what this person is explaining and a thousand nights or more, I think this is a song about somebody who's away from home, uh, a thousand nights or more, constantly on the road, potentially touring, promoting. If this is about somebody who's in a band, if this is about Jim and his wife, if this is about uh, two two people who are in a, a long distance relationship, but a thousand nights or more. I don't I buy it. What does Jim know north. about this? Also, the fact that <laughs> <laughs> uh, traveling east and north that would also you know because he lives in the exact opposite, right, southwest. Right. So I imagine that he's trapped. This is before. Maybe this is when they're just getting their name out there doing, you know, all this grassroots um, DIY style. Find, you know, going, playing in New Van Jersey, tour, playing all these tours, different places yeah. in the in. Oh, yeah. Living in, on people's. Yeah, exactly. Playing in people's houses and garages. Um, traveling east. What do you north, think? Please answer the door. North and as, well, I think that he's been gone so long that he's not sure if she's waited uh-huh. And if he came back and knocked on the door, is she going to be there? Is she going to care that he's there? Is she with somebody else? That's what I'm thinking. I don't necessarily think it's something that he's trying to, uh, like a door-to-door salesman kind of a thing. Yeah. I think it's more of, uh, please answer the door. 
uh, please answer my call, my rap, my uh, my sure. request. That's what I think it is. I love that the pre-chorus, according to Genius, is this one line. Genius. I guess it makes sense. <laughs> can Can you tell me? So can you tell me is essentially we're now we're thinking that the chorus is what is the answer to this. Can you tell me? Uh, and so it sounds like he's repeating, maybe explain this, and he's repeating her words now. So with the chorus we have, you um, you say that love goes anywhere in your darkest time. It's just enough to know it's there. Ooh. And yeah, that's a good one, man. I, I hear that is okay. You told me that love transcends everything, time, distance. Uh, you know, I. It's kind of like being. Uh, let's just say you're deployed, or you unfortunately maybe you have to go to a place like prison for a little bit, and you just say, "Look, I, our our love can can stand this time that we're apart. It will survive. We're we're stronger than this." Uh, but and 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 then in your darkest time, it's just it's just enough to know it's there. So all that they need is love to quote the Beatles, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's what you told me. You told me that all you need yep. is love. So and no matter how far east or north you are, you can't get a hold of me on the phone or if I'm not answering the door, love goes anywhere. It, it, even when you're unsure of it, knowing that you, it's there. Should, right. I'm, and and I'm, I'm picturing, I'm picturing Jim on a, on a landline phone it's that typical that that's the, like the silhouetted picture in the window of him with the left hand with the phone up to his <laughs> ear and then the right hand behind his head kind of like rubbing the back of his head. It, it, it's that that visualization of frustration that like, yeah, you told me this, yet you're not answering my phone calls. Yeah. You're you're away all the time. So I think that's what he's saying is, can you tell me? Can you explain this? This is what you told me. And then the second half of the course is when when you go, I'll let you be. But you're killing everything in me. Now, uh, before I read the lyrics, that second half of the chorus, I always thought he said, when you go away, you beal. Because <laughs> doesn't it? I swear it sounds like he adds an L at the end of this. Interesting. When you go, I'll let you beal. <laughs> uh, but you're killing everything you need. I also thought it was you need. Yeah. Yeah, you beal is a stretch, but you need, I think that one's a little bit. I don't know why I hear yeah. the L. But the reading it out, it, it's almost like yeah. he's um maybe he's so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to verse one and, and, and sort of take it from verse one to here. I've got a tough job and I don't always make the best decisions. So will you tell me that it's okay that I'm about to leave on tour again? Will you tell me this set of things? Um, because that will make me feel better. And then by the time the second chorus comes around, it's then you tell me. So she does end up telling him that it's going to be okay. So uh, it's almost a plea, uh, the first verse. Can you tell me something like this to make me feel better for it? And then we'll hit verse two, and we'll find that she does tell him that. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so just to put a, a cap on the rest of the chorus here then, uh, when you go, I'll let you be, but you're killing everything in me. Um, I think that they're saying, I understand if you choose to go, I won't stop you. Uh, but I can't say that based on what we've been through, what we've talked about, that this isn't, doesn't hurt me, uh, in my heart, in my mind and, you know, in, in my feelings, I just, I can't say that it's not going to be painful. 100. Okay. 100. Then we jump down into verse two, which get down on your knees, whisper what I need something pretty. 
which isn't it? That's a little bit more cryptic line there. Get down on your knees, whisper what I need. Something pretty was the 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 weird one. Is praying uh-huh. this is something like praying, right? That he'll either be okay. Maybe uh, she's she's the one that's on her knees praying that he'll either be okay, or um, is is he expecting to come back with some kind of trinket or memento? Is that the something pretty? Whisper what I need. Is it, maybe she's saying, well, maybe if he's going to be gone this long, he'll bring me something back. I don't know if that's too surface yeah. level. I didn't think about this. Uh, I'll get I'll get to what what I was going to say just now in a second because I want to talk about something pretty. You mentioned that that's a weird one for you. What about it is weird? And I have somebody pointed out something on the Facebook group that I want to bring up that I actually thought was kind of interesting. I think it's because I have got the context of getting down on your knees, whispering what I need. Where I think of in that visualization i think of of praying or asking somebody to just watch over someone else yeah so with that in mind going to something pretty i think it throws me off and and maybe they're asking when they should be asking for somebody to be taken care of and cared for uh they're asking maybe asking for something in return yeah so angela hardison says fun fact one of my favorite lyrics is from polaris but you're killing everything in me. Get down on your knees. Whisper what I need. Something pretty, something pretty. What other song, without looking it up, is the last part of this lyric referenced? Hence, it's a song that was also written for Futures, but only released on an EP instead. So the word, the 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 something pretty part, Angela is purporting is a reference to another song that did not make the record. Hmm. The most Which beautiful I, things. It, it, uh, uh, no. You say the most beautiful things, an endless list of treasures. I think my uh, mind went there too, but uh, she has an interesting now, point. Yeah, which one? So this was on an unreleased track, huh? Yeah, on closer. Our so episode two, uh, the lyric is "Not oh. much time we can waste. Nothing pretty left to say." So oh, she's she's purporting say. nothing pretty left to say is a sister lyric to him saying something pretty in this. And then I say him saying, but looking at the lyrics now on my own, separate of having read other people's interpretations, verse two might be completely from her point of view. Obviously there were a ton of things on song meanings about the get down on your knees line. Um, I did not go through to see if anybody had this uh, thought that I'm going to come at you with. But if verse two, because the pre-chorus is then you tell me, and that could be I tell you all this and then you tell me this thing, or it could be she has said all this stuff and then she also continues on to tell me this, the chorus. And her telling him, he's asking, what do you need from me to make this okay? I know it's hard. What do you need from me? Her answer is get down on your knees and whisper what I need, something pretty. Like, sometimes you just need to hear or feel something from your partner that's not what you think they need. And they are going to be, and sometimes it can be as easy as making some sort of verbal commitment or or uh, um, platitude uh, and doting upon your partner in such a way that that means more than you think type of deal so anyway my theory then is that verse two is her speaking to him and the get down on your news is not him telling her (laughs) that but her telling him okay to 
get down on your knees and tell me you love me. <laughs> um, right. Well, it's it's. I think telling anyone to get down on their knees is is sort of someone that wants. I don't know if they necessarily want to be in a position of power, but it's just like make yourself less of less powerful on their end. Just yeah. like you know, succumb to me and. It, it just do that, and then I can understand that you you will uh, you know, you're going to I'm going to be the one that's asked, and then you had you had basically done what I have asked of you, yeah. and that's by showing that you're getting on your knees, you're doing that. Yeah. And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and we can expand on that a little bit when we get to the bridge in a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that's a very good observation there. And then the second half of that verse then right. is, uh, I feel that when I'm old, I'll look at you and know the world was beautiful. Uh, I I think that's just saying that, that regardless of who's saying it, that they're going to look back on a simpler time right. in their life when things were just easier and they completed each other. Yeah. And to me, if that's him telling her, I feel that when I'm old, I'll look at you and know the world was beautiful. He's almost looking at her and saying, eh, I'm glad I went. But <laughs> since she's not the one that went and if she's telling him, I feel that when I'm old, I'll look at you and know the world was beautiful. Me looking at you, the rugged, toured, road-worn musician, uh, all of that will have been worth it because now I have you here. And as beautiful as the world is, you're here with me now. So to me personally, the second verse makes more sense, especially with that last two lines, uh, to be from her point of view, not his. Okay. And then it goes, then you tell me, instead of can you tell me. So don't explain yourself, but just yep. you Classic are. Jimmy Eat World it? move to slightly change oh, yeah. up uh, uh, the second part of something. I mean, tons of yeah. bands do it, but I like when they do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we repeat the chorus. Uh, it's essentially the same thing. You say that love goes anywhere in your darkest time. Uh, and then we go into the bridge. So now each each person in this has, has essentially given their points of view their parts of the argument their their sides so in the bridge uh i don't know whose perspective this could be from but it starts off with i'm done there's nothing left to show i try but can't let it go uh i you know there's nothing else we can do we're sort of at a standstill uh i can't do or say anything further to show you that i care i've already told you what my what my role is if it this is somebody like you know i'm, I'm on the road this i already told you what i'm going to be doing um uh, so what else? What else is there to say? And this, uh, the the next couple lines is: Are you happy where you're standing still? Do you really want the sugar pill? So maybe this is the gentleman speaking back to her uh, and talking in regards to the something pretty. Do you really want the sugar pill? Do you want? Uh, do you want the placebo? The that, that physiological effect, yeah. not an actual you know, something that's going to benefit us. Just something to make you temporarily feel good. You want me to say, though, that something pretty? Is that what's really going to fix this? Or are we just going to be at the same spot next yeah. week when I'm in Bruges? <laughs> so it's funny that you say this. And we mentioned this on our Patreon episode when we listened through the whole album. You also said placebo when you mentioned the sugar pill. Nowhere did anybody make any insinuation that this had any allusion to birth control pills. And it was baffling to me that people were dancing around the idea that sugar pill could possibly mean anything else than at least a turn of phrase based upon the placebo pill in birth control, even if it's not a direct, uh, even if reference. it's not a, di a direct reference, yes, to 
uh, her taking or not taking the placebo. Everyone's like, the sugar pill is drugs. The sugar pill is alcohol. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I even had to Google it. I was like, is it not? Like, am I making up that the sugar pill is the placebo pill in your set of birth control pills? It's not. It's what it is. Um, So uh, anyway, I was glad that you said it. And I liked that because I still was like looking through the lyrics and I was like, I mean, what is he saying here? Like I was taking it very literally as the sugar pill. Like, uh, 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 do you, uh, do you want to do uh, like basically like a, a tiptoe around? Like, uh, do you think having kids is going to make it better? Or do we, you know, do we take our relationship to the next level and have kids in this relationship where I'm gone all the time or not? But I liked your idea of the sugar pill, the, the placebo effect of, of this relationship. How did you put it? You you had put it in such a great way. Well, it's do you really want to hear the the, the words that something pretty that's it's more of a physiological right. effect um, instead of what's actually going to fix this, which is either saying yeah. goodbye or me stop touring and coming out and being with you. Right, right. Which and, I think is a more interesting goes, way to go about the uh, the, yeah. the sugar pill idea. Then I don't think I, yeah I never thought of it as a sugar pill as as a drug. I think that would be too literal. That yeah. I don't think Jim would would keep that for being a, a term like sugar pill too. That's such a I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think how, it's because we're it. old and we have kids, so we very much know. Like, <laughs> uh, like who knows how old the the people were that were talking about it on song meetings in 2004, you know? Right. <laughs> um, they don't know. Anyway, well, let's continue on. But uh, I was okay. very excited to talk about the sugar pill line. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I passed the test. And then Jim goes on to saying, uh, I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll start. Tonight it feels so hard. It, it sounds like they're at the end of a long conversation. And... Or even not if it's the conversation that evening, it's it's a long, drawn out issue that they've that's been coming to a head, and I don't think he wants to make a decision or whatever fi- like finalize things right now. Just let me sleep on this, yeah. please. I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll start tonight. It just feels so hard. I can't deal with this now. Yeah, right now I can't. <laughs> yeah, well, let's re- let's circle back in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and then uh i can't remember which episode we talked about this you it was on the listen called, through was it it was and you said i told I, you I, I was like you will never guess what he said you'll here. never guess it <laughs> so i always thought he says as the train approaches comma getting late i but thought he no. said going north oh, okay and you're actually not that off right uh so so it's as the train approaches uh gare du nord Yes. Uh, as I'm sure your kiss remains employed, am I only dreaming? So let's go back to that first line. The Gare du Nord, once, you know, once we both looked that up, <laughs> I, had to, yeah. I had to research more about it. And there was actually someone on song meetings that did mention this. So Gare du Nord, it's one of six transitions, train transitions in Paris. So it's, a, it's, it's probably like Central Station right. um, out here. Uh, but it actually it literally translated, it Gare is station. So it means station of the north. So North ah. Station, which very similar to uh, Polaris, the North Star, and oh. this is, just happens to be the North Station. The North Station. I don't know if that's uh, intended symmetry there on on Jim's part, or if this is more about if Polaris is just about uh, maybe that's the North Star. Is that I don't know if the North Star is necessarily well. 
her. Yeah, I or was if thinking... the North Star is this train that he's got to get on. That this is going to be what's if I get on the train, um, am I going to be? You know, am I going to keep doing this or am I going right. to turn around and go back to the airport and head back home? Yeah, I mean the the only place he's in referencing of actually being separate of home is another northern hemisphere city uh, in France versus Phoenix. Both places, while let's say it's a new moon, they can't both look out the window and see the moon at the same time. They could both look out and see the same star, Polaris. And it may not be a star. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah, so that that could certainly be... uh, uh, a so you know like when you're when dis- you're uh, distillation oh, of this. Look, i feel like i remember once when i was a kid my dad was like on a business trip and he was like oh if you look outside and you see the moon i'm looking at the moon too we're looking at the moon at the same time um uh and this is just another uh another th- thing like that where you you could be on the phone uh and looking up at the same star that may not be a star <laughs> um so this, yeah, this individual, uh, it, it could be a refer- a point of reference to where that Polaris is the star that they could both observe in the sky mm-hmm. and say, this is the moment moment that we share, is that we can both see, we can see this nautical star, um, or it could be that she is is his his destination, his his point of reference, the thing that he revolves around. Yeah, dude, I uh, I, I have an idea of how the, what the bridge is looking at it now yeah. as a whole thing. It's a conversation on the phone. He's at the train station on the phone with her. They're looking up at the same star because there's something about, if we're talking about a star now, are you happy where you're standing still? If you take a long exposure of Polaris, that star remains still and all the stars around it encircle it, right? Right. So I feel like that standing still could be a reference to that. And they're having a frustrated argument of being apart and the lyric as i'm sure your kiss remains employed they they there was a goodbye kiss and it's very difficult to be apart and her kiss uh is uh is still making him feel good but maybe losing its grip because he's asking is he only dreaming uh which is more an active thought than an uh, than a past tense thought like what was I only dreaming that kiss? So I'm not really sure. Right. Maybe, but I feel like there's something there. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's the kiss. The last kiss that you have is the kiss goodbye. It's you know, it's a, it's a kiss of this is the last time we're going to be affectionate uh, for however long that is. In this case, let's say it's a, a month or two of touring. Um, I thought maybe at that moment that uh, the kiss being employed uh, retains his fidelity. And maybe what, you know, going back to the the whole, I know I've made mistakes, maybe uh, in the past he's made those type types of mistakes and she's worried because he's out so long that he's just going to do it again. And that mm-hmm. uh, your kiss remains employed. You know, I'm going to, I'm telling you that I'm going to stay uh, strong. You're going to be my guiding light. Uh, and then it just, the, the very last line before we go back into the chorus and that, and that outro is just. I like that it's am I am I only dreaming and it kind of takes everything into uh, it takes everything into consideration and then puts it into like a, a funnel like you can you can take as much time as you want uh, deciphering the verse and the chorus but it, it comes down to like am I only dreaming is this real right 
it, which kind of throws a, a little bit of a wrench in everything. I, I don't know if uh, what it is. I, yeah, you have to go back to the title of the song being Polaris. You made some great observations of, you know, looking at the same star. I I, I was never in Boy Scouts, but I, I there were a few things I remember. Well, the the first one is you know beware of poison ivy. Um, but if you're ever <laughs> if you're ever <laughs> rule number one, <laughs> right. Um, if you're ever lost in like, let's say you're lost in the woods, you can, you can tell that, uh, if you're in the Northern hemisphere, that moss grows on the North side of trees. That's right. That's normally the shaded part, uh, that, uh, you could follow, or at least as a point of reference, let's say there's no trees. You could use the North star. If you can track it and see it's the brightest star in the, in, in the Northern sky, you can use that as a point of reference as well. So yep. I don't know if like it, it getting lost, if we're getting into that that idea, that concept of being lost uh, figuratively. And now you, the only thing that I have as my guiding point is is you. you that's it. So I don't know if, if she's his Polaris and, and that's what they're saying. But uh, right. I, I yeah, mean, that, I mean, that's I guess that's that's to each person's own, uh, uh, you know, up, up to each person who wants to to read this. But I I, I personally think that it's that they're trying to keep their long distance relationship together and that he's trying to keep his mind on her, but he can't, and he can see on her end that things are falling apart. Yeah. That's at least from the, going through the bridge. That's where I'm gathering. This has, has taken us. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I think I always thought it was when you go, I'll wait. When you go, I'll wait. You, what did I think he said? You'll be like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, when I go, I'll wait. Do you want to hear the Beatles? You feel. You I think Beale? I thought he said you'll you'll you feel, which has an L in it. Yeah, but I hear the B. Right, right. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to think like what I thought he was also saying. What I thought he was saying separate of you also had an L at the end. But yeah, we should totally hear it. Let's hear it. Do you hear it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I still, I definitely think I used to think he said, when you go, I'll wait, you'll feel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the one line that I had the least amount of confidence in saying, <laughs> I know what those lyrics are. Yeah. Oh, man. Or when you go away, I'll feel. When you go away, I'll feel. When you go away, you feel. Yeah. I don't know what I thought he said. Yeah. But yeah. It's hard now that you sit here looking at the lyrics, but. It yeah. definitely was a way or I'll wait and feel was definitely what I thought it was. Um, but uh, yeah, man, what a great song. And it has a great outro on it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, do, do you know the trick to finding Polaris in the sky when you don't actually know? I mean, let's say you get mixed up with Venus because Venus is a pretty common one. It is to get but mixed up with. Yeah, this. I have an insanely good internal compass. Internal compass. So no, off the top of my head, I don't. Other than knowing where to look. <laughs> okay, I always I was always told that if you can find the Big Dipper, so which okay. is part of Ursa Major, you can on the right side, the rightmost part of the pot part. So the last two stars in the pot, opposite side of the handle. 
those um, make, uh, you know, if you follow the line, they will go to Ursa Minor. And on the tail end of Ursa Minor, or the Little Dipper, that's where you find Polaris. And so you could, as long as you can see and make out the Little Dipper, you can ensure or you can be certain that you're following or at least are referencing uh, cool. Polaris. Yeah. Wow. Now, I got to ask, have you taken have you taken any long exposure shots of uh I sure have. Polaris? I sure have. You have I have I never have personally. I had a buddy who took uh on film too in his backyard. Oh. Out here and they it, he gave one to me. He printed it out on an uh 8x10. Very That's pretty cool, shot. Man. And it's just it's really neat to see uh, everything just circling around that one little star. Yeah. A, yeah, a couple yeah. of stats that I pulled. That's 433 light years away. That's it? And yeah, that's it. 433 light years away, which uh, can you guess how many parsecs that is? Whoa. Um, yeah, it's, it's parsec. It's on the wiki. Is not, is distance, not time. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Because they say they make that. Uh, in in Star Wars, they make the correct the about so, in, Han Solo made the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs, and then in Solo they actually m- fixed it, and he actually did take a shortcut through this like crazy storm with the Millennium Falcon that with this like Kraken type creature in the middle of space being pursued by uh, uh, um, some Star Destroyers. It's a very cool scene, and he makes a seemingly impossible trek shortcut through this like space thing and he does pull it off in slightly over 12 parsecs and then over time he uh anyway no i don't justin i don't know how many parsecs okay. 433 light years is but <laughs> okay it's 133 parsecs oh uh-huh yep yep i, 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 I don't Han solo know could can... do that faster <laughs> shorter oh <laughs> uh, and and also in looking at this uh I, you know, I'm not a nut uh, for uh, astronomy. I was about to say astrology. <laughs> I could tell you, give me your palm, David. Uh, but uh, the Little Dipper is actually not a constellation. And it's I knew it wasn't a constellation because it's part of Ursa Minor, which means right. the Little Bear. Uh-huh. Right. Which is so a constellation. Ursa, yes. So uh, it's an asterism. I, I, I don't know if I knew that. I don't know if I've ever come across that term, asterism. So it's the smaller portion of yeah of the constellation. I'm I'm having an existential crisis while I'm looking at the band's notes on the back of the deluxe edition of Futures. I'm going to send you this image and tell me what you see in the background of this image. All right. Tell me what you see behind the words on the right page. Is it going to be a little bear? No, not quite. Okay, let's but see. it does fit with what we're talking about. I definitely think the image in the background of this text has wow. everything to do with this particular song. So, so there's a, there's a needle in the middle of that, right? It's yeah, it's essentially a needle with a bunch of circles around. But it's it. a rate, yeah, yeah. They they are uh, it, yeah, the radiating. It could be out, a representation like, of the Polaris, a uh-huh. long exposed photo of Polaris. I'm trying to see what would yeah, the left of. side be. I mean, that's just a looks more like Tetris. Yeah, and I I feel like the album art has more of these circles involved. And so here's what the band said about Polaris uh, on the demos. It was Gil's idea, Gil Norton, to have the final repeat chorus break down instead of picking up 
which is cooler than here when we were still bashing away. <laughs> uh, so that's what Jim had to say about Polaris uh, in that they... They, they, the music all drops out, and then Jim finishes over the droning guitars, uh, finishes the vocals over the droning instead of them just bashing away. Um, it would have a different, I'd have a different feeling about it if it, if it stayed with them bashing away. It would be, yeah, more like something off of clarity than it would be, uh, futures, right? Right? So, I think by having that, Gil, Gil made a good call there, yeah, totally. Oh, I did mean to say wow. this. This goes back to community a little bit, but it's about the line, as I'm sure your kiss remains employed. A year ago, Grebling89 says, worst lyric from the band? And he says, inspired by this post, I was wondered what your least favorite text or sentence in their catalog. I assume that post is the best lyric by the band. Oh, no. Bright Eyes. Um, there's a Bright Eyes subreddit. Uh, where they're looking for the worst Connor lyrics. So this person was inspired by that, <laughs> went into Jimmy World, asked for the worst lyric from the band. And for me, it's difficult because my least favorite lyric is in one of my absolute top favorite songs, Polaris. As the train approaches Gare du Nord, as I'm sure your kiss remains employed, am I only dreaming? Like, what the hell happened there? Way to ruin the climax of the song that would otherwise challenge 23 for the title of best song can't wait to hear yours and I, I found it so weird that he took such umbrage with that one line right based on why i wasn't that offended by it so here's what pebble swift had to say this is the top comment with 30 points pro polaris stance coming in i believe gare de nord <laughs> is a train station somewhere france maybe as weird as it sounds it makes sense a lot more poetic than saying as a train approaches the train station haha <laughs> i personally think as I'm sure your kiss remains employed, is a brilliant line. This whole deal paints a mental image of a person t taking a dramatic exit, having been either damaged by a cheating relationship or in love with someone they can't have. The rest of the bridge really puts the former idea in context. Worst lyric, I'd have to go with Bye Bye Love being repeated over and over for every chorus that comes by. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's Pebble Swift's take on As I'm Sure Your Kiss Remains Employed. Um, but I think we have a vastly different take than the vast majority of Jimmy Eat World fans um, on what this song is about and, and how it sort of plays out. I, I think we're both on the more positive side of things. I don't see a jilted lover. I don't see... I see a, 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 a real relationship. I see a relationship that has its ups and downs. And I see a relationship that the couple actively has to work to make work. But ultimately, a couple that's very happy. What say you? I agree. I think that it's not as... It's not as sad as you could think that it is. I think you're right. It's just... It's more of... Uh, it's two people, two adults that um, have agreed that, look, in order for my life, this is what my life is, uh, in, in, and I'm, I'm glad that you're staying behind, and not necessarily doing nothing, but just you're living your life in a, in a place where I can't be right now. I, I'm going to be traveling around. I'm just, I, in order for me to do what I love, I have to be on my own. Uh, yeah. Traveling with my bandmates and, and, and doing this whole, you know, sleeping on people's couches just to get this going. And it's it, it's two adults that understand those are the the circumstances of their agreement and their relationship, and this is a conversation between both of them. 
And it's yeah, it's it's an it's an adult conversation, and the fact that he uses Gerda Nord tells me that it's. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I would still have accepted as the train approaches approaches, comma getting late, right? Um, I would have accepted that one and still thought that's a pretty cool lyric. But the fact that he fit Gerda Nord in there, um, right? An actual f- French term, <laughs> French so place. Tight. Yeah, I think this. You're right. This is uh, it's a little bit more uh, mature than uh, other people think it is. Yes, I am uploading something for you for later. Okay, I'm going to let that go in the background. Um, another interesting thing about this song, uh, Zach Lind was interviewed by AbsolutePunk.net, uh, which has become Chorus FM. Leave a rating and review on iTunes, and you can be entered to win a uh, year of supporter <laughs> status over on Chorus FM, the successor to AbsolutePunk.net. Uh, Lind explained in 2007, after, uh, uh, after we left the studio... With Trombino, we came up with Polaris, Work, Pain, and 23, the songs that really gave Futures its heartbeat. So this song was written post-Trombino, even though there's a demo. There's a Trombino demo. It's not a Trombino demo, because remember, we've come across there's two sets of demos for this. There's the Trombino sessions and then the Futures demos. And now Mm, this sort of almost solidifies that perhaps the futures demos that are not the trombino sessions are very are not pre trombino sessions they are post trombino sessions with gil norton so uh i actually realized i did not start a watch together hit Uh, that yeah and i'll put the demo in there and we can take a listen to um maybe some of the differences that we hear i think a lot of the difference for me was um our boy rick's baseline which gets a ton of love by the community and it is absolutely he's taking that baseline for a walk um oh man yeah and that does not exist on the demo um so okay. uh i've read that um on futures gil norton he really pushed zach uh to to kind of come out of his shell and not base his stuff on loops and stuff like I guess he did a lot on Clarity and uh, Bleed American, but really push him to really be more creative. And perhaps uh, that translated over to Rick. Or Z- let's listen to Zach's drums here. Maybe uh, maybe Rick was inspired once Gil got his hand on Zach. Uh, so let's listen to the demo a little bit.
So yeah, it's really missing that arpeggiated and sort of lead guitar part. You can kind of hear it back there. It's buried. demo vocals were that good <laughs> i know right that sounds like it just needs to be cleaned up a bit and yeah they could but it's that. missing like some of the cool parts of the song like the oh yeah and by taking out all the noodling that uh that zach was doing with the toms which yeah. I, I i think i appreciate that on uh, some of the other songs that he that he you know he plays underneath uh taking that out giving rick more bass activity there big yeah. one and then yeah. bringing those twinkly you said that was missing the twinkly guitars i could hear some arpeggiated guitars but they were buried in the right like the right side oh spatial. i see and i think i only get the left from you so yeah uh, so i mean they're way back there but those bringing by quieting it all down bringing those up front man what a difference yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think i i think the way that this song ended up on the album it gave way to songs like five, 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 15 years later. You know what I mean? Mm, um, yeah. In that it's, it's pull, uh, like Jim talks about a lot on his podcast, less is more sometimes. And, uh, and this is a, this is a, a case where the demo had so much going on and yeah, you strip out those parts 
and really like let Rick take over what Zach, what you pulled away from Zach, you know, less toms, more bass, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it, they all fill the same, uh, they all do the same roles, but fill the different purpose almost. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's what Gil's job was, man. Just to, yeah, man. Resort them all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that would, well, that's the demo and it's so tight. Um, uh, uh, AV Club compared this song to a U2 song. Uh, it was that that they they said this song was done in the vein of U2. I don't know that I'd really hear it, but I really only know like With or Without You and uh, Where the Streets Have No Name. The Streets Have No Name. No yeah. <laughs> U2 song comes close to as good as those two songs are. So I just have no time for U2. <laughs> um, those are the only two U2 songs I need. Um. Rob Sheffield of Rolling Stone magazine says Polaris has frosty guitar ache that sounds like a cross between pavements frontwards and Def Leppard's hysteria, which is definitely a compliment. I'm not familiar with either of those songs. Hysteria? I'm sure. Well, I don't know if you've ever done the, the classic rock. I'm sure hysteria will come up. Let's play a little hysteria real quick. Um, I'm going to copy this link. Yeah, hit that. I like Hysteria. It's got a nice, uh, it's, it's got a, a good introduction. It's a it's a song in minor, but it's one of the, it's like a ballady kind of rock song. I mean, Def Leppard can, uh, can hug you and then they can rock you. Yeah, I dig this. This is the second time Def Leppard has come up on the pod. Oh, yeah. So I assume that a little arpeggiated guitar is the part they were talking about. Is the equivalent of that song. Let's hear what was Uh the other one that that, uh, they said. They said Pavement's Frontwards. Now, Pavement definitely uh, sounds like one of those bands I've heard Jim talk about as an early influence. Yeah. And even Um, Rivers has said that Pavement, uh, Pavement influenced them a lot with their alternative rock sound. I see. So let's take a listen to Pavement's Frontwards. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Something pretty. Oh, my God, yeah, dude. <laughs> I totally hear that. <laughs> definitely um, hear it there. Yeah. Um, that also reminds me of, I'm going to pull this up here. Tell me if you hear this in there a little bit. I'm going to copy this. Oh man, absolutely. (laughs) It's almost the same chord progression there with Pavement. Yeah, right? Ugh, it's oh, really man. hard not to play that whole song. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, Have you seen goodness. Perks of Being a Wallflower? Uh, no, I read the book. Oh, the book is so good. So the writer of the book, Stephen Chbosky, directed the movie. And mm-hmm. since we're talking about books and movies on this episode, uh, that is a movie that is insanely well done and faithful to the book. 
and uh there's a great scene with uh this song um and yeah i believe did the wallflowers do a version of this they did uh i believe they play the wallflowers version in perks of being a wallflower It's fucking great. And the bass is great on that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what is Jacob good. Dylan up to now, man? Doesn't matter because his dad <laughs> just sold his catalog for $300 million to Warner Music. Goodness. So Jacob's wow. definitely going to cash in when his dad kicks the bucket soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and good for him, you know? Mm. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, I've got... I also, did you come across the article from The Lantern? That does not sound familiar. So the Lantern... Uh, the Lantern is an independent award-winning student voice of Ohio State. So this is the Ohio State, uh, a portion of that. So The Lantern. Uh, this was from 2014 uh, by Rachel Feely. 90s era legends met Columbus in the middle on Monday evening. The middle of High Street, that is. <laughs> Jimmy Eat World performed at Newport Music Hall with mini bosses and reminded everyone in attendance why they have been around for more than 20 years now. So this is when uh, Robin Vining... Came out on yes. stage first and played with the mini bosses. Yep, and and it's kind of neat to see that uh, them talking about this for an opening set. Mini bosses played Nintendo music. The band did a great job of warming up the crowd with familiar sounding tunes from old favorites like Super Mario Brothers and other childhood video game favorites remastered. Uh, the crowd went wild at one point as guitarist bassist Robin Vining's strap came undone and he knelt down. To keep playing the song, the second dual <laughs> bass and guitar player Aaron Burke came over and rehooked his strap for him so he could stand <laughs> up without missing a note to create a surge of excitement from the viewers. Oh man, the mini bosses <laughs> rule so hard. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, and then they're talking about the relationship between them, and I think this was the time when Robin Vining had made the the transition over, yeah, from mini bosses to to Jimmy Eat World as being their touring. One of their touring musicians. Yes, they're uh, utility players. I like to think of them yes. as the Kike. Oh yeah, the he's, Kike he's, Hernandez of Jimmy oh, man. World. He's the the Swiss Army knife of uh, yep of live musicians. Yep, for Jimmy World. <laughs> uh, I've got four <laughs> tweets from Zach regarding Polaris, and I do have a little bit of follow up on something I talked to you about about when I was looking mm. this up. So. Uh, Zach tweeted August 4th of this year, snare drum advice. If you want to buy your first good snare drum without breaking the bank, I'd suggest getting a Ludwig Acrolyte from the 70s or 60s. The 70s are amazing. The 60s are even better in my opinion, but generally a little more money. They're versatile, and if taken care of, they will only go up in value over time. The middle, Lucky Denver Mint uh, snare is a... Uh, the, the middle and Lucky Denver Mint snare is... A 70s Acrolyte. Lucky Denver Mint, Polaris, Dizzy are the 60s Acrolyte. So it's interesting. I'm not sure if Lucky Denver Mint is both the 70s and the 60s because he said it twice in this tweet. Anyway, I personally wouldn't mess with any of the Galaxy Acrolytes or the reissues. So that is Zach talking about uh, the snare he used on Polaris. Uh, There's another tweet he has. 
where he says also uh bass drum I used on the Polar on Polaris and Night Drive and maybe a few others in futures, not totally sure, up for grabs. And he posted a Craigslist link. Unfortunately, yeah. the Craigslist link is gone. This is from October 2017. But did somebody buy Zach Lynn's kick drum? Like that's insane. Absolutely. Like imagine like you, you uh, they're like hometown heroes in Phoenix, right? Like you're not going to buy a, a drum on Craigslist and you show up and Zach Lind is there and not know who he is, right? <laughs> right, right. And that's the moment when you would find it out. I, I mean, unless somebody, unless Zach announced who he was at the moment of like, let's say, you know, agreeing on a price and a place that we're going to meet up, you wouldn't know because it's complete. It's pretty much anonymous, right? When you're posting on Craigslist. There's a the listing, and it says listing by 104.556 at craigslist.org. Yeah, do, do not contact for but other yeah, services. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but just imagine you see you see it, and it, you know, just nonchalantly sit, probably pulls it out of his truck, the bed of his truck. Yeah. So here you go, man. Here's a couple hundy. <laughs> uh, so this, the, this correspondence on Twitter from November of 2012 is from a suspended account, uh, D Night Delight. Um, so somebody tweets Zach, he says on a few, on a few songs, suspended user says something else. Zach responds, pecking order for what question mark? Uh, somebody else responds. And then Zach says certain songs lend itself to a click middle, let it happen. My best theory. And some songs have tracks 23 Polaris. What, what else would you use besides the click? You know what I mean? So I asked. Yeah. <laughs> I asked uh-huh. on the 8th, uh, what, eight years later. Uh, that account is suspended now. What is this cr- question about? Click tracks versus what other kind of tracks? I got a like, but no uh, no, response no response on that one. Oh. What do you think he means? So the person's asking about pecking order of something, and, and it, he says, on a few songs, like, would it just be he's playing along to the band as opposed to the band playing along with him, maybe? That's what he's referring to as the pecking order? Yeah, but, like, I can't imagine that Polaris, with the bass and drums in lockstep so much throughout the whole song, that there's not a click track on that song. Oh, yeah, there absolutely has to be. But he says certain songs lend itself to a click, and some songs have tracks. What does that mean? So he didn't answer that. Um, But this fourth and final tweet that Zach posted about Polaris, he did respond to. So somebody else deleted this tweet, Joey B. Davis. This is from January of 2012. Zach's response is, I have one and used it tons on, uh, uh, on tons of songs on our albums, Middle, Polaris, Carry You, and This. And he re- he links to I believe Precision Auto on YouTube, like an unofficial upload of it too. Yeah, Precision <laughs> Auto. Um, and so I respond, nearly nine years later. Man, people really do be think d- uh, thinning out their timelines. If you recall what this was in regard to, I would love to know. Doing our Polaris research now. And Zach responded. He says probably a question about the snare drum Ludwig Ludwig Acrolyte, which he did talk about the Ludwig Acrolyte 
previous right. with this song so it's very possible and then joey b davis responded he said yeah i was looking for uh, i was looking between that and the black beauty man i still use that snare too for drink four peaks kick lifter any chance i can get 2012 zach hooked me up so yeah there it is but what's funny yeah, is in january got, of 2012 with... <laughs> yeah. in january 2012 joey davis responded to zach saying telling him what snare he used uh, it says he didn't want to spend more than $700, but it sounds like he did end up spending more than $700. So, <laughs> Well, when someone like Zach tells you what to get, you know, you just kind of say, well, I had to. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I guess Four Peaks Kilt Lifter uh, was a recommendation that Zach had made also in 2012. So the snare and that drink, uh, Joey Davis is still enjoying all these years later. Um but I love when we get interaction from the band on the pod accounts. Love it. Which makes me feel worse when they don't respond because we must be like poking the beehive. Like, oh my God, these right. fucking guys. <laughs> uh, the eye rolls, the eye rolls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the song was on an episode of One Tree Hill, season two, episode 22. They played Work, Hear You Me, and Polaris. Um, I don't know enough about One Tree Hill. Did you watch that? I did not. No, but uh, so Lindsay is watching Shameless, and I know we had that unof- was it it was an unofficial Whoa. soundtrack, right? Remember that when we were trying to dive, we were trying to figure out what is going on with the series. Yeah, it was like a fan made that. music video. Yeah, no, no, no it was in yeah. the, the 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 final scene of episode of season one, wasn't it? It was actually was it season in the, one. Yeah, okay. I believe so. I believe it's in the final scene of season one. They played whatever the hell song it was. I think you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, in this Lantern but, uh, uh, article, they also said Feldman yes, first heard Jimmy actually World while watching show. One Tree Hill. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, uh, so, yeah, this was uh, in there. And I could not easily find a clip of the One Tree Hill performance. However, doing my research, I did come across this fan-made music video that does have integrate footage from One Tree Hill. So we can watch a little bit of that real quick. I don't know if this is all One Tree Hill footage or not. Is there a CW logo in the bottom right? I don't see one. They probably <laughs> cropped it out. Yeah. They only use the 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 one little part uh, during one the verse, tree hill, but, and then the rest is the invisible. 
yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't in the One Tree Hill all that much, but that was kind of cool. Um, and uh, oh, I did come across this tweet uh, from the band Jimmy Eat World posted February 8th, 2011. Gonna try to play Polaris tonight. Haven't played that song in a long time. Now, this being their 23rd most played song. Now, the most they ever played it was actually in 2014. So it's possible that it just wasn't played all that much at the beginning uh, and has since become a, uh, a a big one. Yeah, a staple. Yeah. Uh, and this song was on two comps. There was a Polydor comp uh, that they were on with Weezer. Um, Audio Slave, uh, Rufus Wainwright, Weezer, The Bravery, The Hives, Jimmy Eat World, Rise Against, Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, yeah, just a, some sort of random... Polydor. Now, isn't Polydor like a, a British label? Yeah, I was just looking that up. Let's see. Uh, yeah, looking at yeah, these it's a phone German numbers British record label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Polydor Spring Alt CD. So, I um, maybe maybe Polydor did the distribution for Jimmy Eat World's European releases or something. Um, uh, and then they were on an Urban Outfitters comp. So remember, you, uh, I don't know if you bought these or if they were just available at the front of the store or something. But 2004, who's on this? Bjork, Elliot Smith, Jimmy Eat World, Supergrass, The Black Keys, Nick Cave, The Libertines, La Tigre. Uh, I mean, just the most Urban Outfitters. Uh, oh, totally. Stuff, yeah. Another. You just need a half, half Urban Outfitters sampler. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of cool. The CD looks like their fan background from their uh, surviving tour. Or, well, not the surviving tour, but the, you know, the tour they went on with Third Eye Blind where they had those big fans behind them. Um, And uh, so, yeah, Uh, that is all I have for sort of track notes. And then I have some other fun, dumb things before we get into community. Uh, Do you have any more track notes? Uh, I do not know. So... I looked up a couple. Let's look at this actually real quick. Um, here is apparently Polaris is like a type of car like those like uh, I don't know what kind of car you would describe it as. It's like a sports motorcycle car or something. You see them on the street sometimes. Um, but I just sent oh you a gosh, link. Oh my gosh, right. It's the, like the three wheel ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sent you a <laughs> link that somebody made of Jim Atkins like hawking this like car. <laughs> And they photoshopped Jim's face on some guy standing next to this, you know, three-wheeled motorcycle car thing. And it says, I'll start the car, but we'll stay in park. The cold can kill us before fumes. The new Polaris slingshot. It takes your pain away. (laughs) Uh, So it looks like maybe Alex Kyle did it. So he says, so uh, Naive Redemption Hero and I were chatting today about what car Jim would drive and came to the conclusion, it has to be a Polaris, right? And, uh... (laughs) And this meme was accompanying it. So I thought uh, I like that. I, I kept it separate of the community because it's just like a silly meme. Um, and there's another meme here uh, that I will share with you thusly. And this is one of those um, like Internet comic style um, where uh, it's like somebody uh, like a stick figure type bubbly person eating ice cream and has headphones on and the and the thought bubble or the speech bubble says this song has depressing lyrics and makes me feel like shit 
and the second uh, uh, frame says is him looking up and smiling, saying, I'm going to play it on repeat for four hours straight. <laughs> uh, and that was posted by Jenna L. Erickson. Me listening to Cautioners, My Sundown, or Polaris with Broken Heart. Uh, not a Sometimes you just need to feed the sadness. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. And then here's the last one. This is another one of my favorite like music memes. And somebody attributed this to uh, uh, to the song Polaris. Jonathan Lee, we've all got that one song, maybe more. What's yours? And the it's Lisa Simpson um, <laughs> sitting on a bus, like playing with her iPod in the first frame, and the second frame is her like leaning back in the seat with her eyes kind of like uh, half closed, like not with a very somber look on her face. And the caption is me restarting the song because the part that hurts me the most didn't hurt me enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's a good one. And uh, yeah, Jenna King is the first one in there. It says Polaris or for me, this is heaven. Yep. Definitely been there. (laughs) Um, So let's see. I do have this. So when um, they were doing the, I don't know. I don't think this is going to play on watch together. I'd be delighted to be surprised Um, when they were doing the survivor and Polaris was kicked out. um, Oh yeah. (laughs) uh, Who did this post? Let's see. Was it JG 429's post? It might've been. Yeah. About, um, about uh, RIP. You were gone too soon. Yeah. Um, But what's great about this is you can really hear Robin really well. Um, singing ah browser extension required um do you do you want to open up that reddit post and the video that accompanies it you really hear robin up in the forefront uh singing all right let's listen to this Whoa. <laughs> yeah, right? Still sounds great, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rick on the left, man. Yeah. So I've got another here. This is the oldest video I could find. This is from 2007, them playing it. Um, and so no Robin, no nobody. This is just uh, Jim and Tom. So we can hear what it sounds like when Tom helps out. No low end on those early cameras. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Trying to find out where Jim's capo is. Oh, yeah, good call. Looks like it's on two. Yeah. 
I love how baggy Tom's pants are. <laughs> I think they sound great together. I mean, I guess you gotta give Robin something to do. I think somebody in the comments uh, was like, I think I hear me singing the ah ahs near you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought it would be another fun thing to, I mean, we sort of played a newer one, but this is them playing it in Pomona uh, when we were at this show. This is in 2016. Um, so this will have Robin. It'll probably sound a little bit like the one we played from JG429, but um, I believe you were at this one. Oh, no, I wasn't at this one. This was right after the, the Roxy show, so I did not go out to Pomona. This was the Integrity Blues Tour with the streetlight set up. Yeah, it looks like Capo on two, baby. Sounds like Tom and Robin singing harmonies here. We just can't see Tom on camera here. Yeah. Ah, cool. Seven years or nine years later after that other video. You can tell that that, that other video, uh, Jim's got a, well, I imagine that he's, is he wearing jeans here in this one? No, he's wearing oh. black pants. So he's wearing the same outfit that he wore um, in that 2007 video you just played. However, yeah. the pants weren't fitted, and yep. his you know he likes to do the roll up sleeves thing, which I appreciate, man. I like that look. Yeah, uh, but he had some kind of uh, like a cowboy looking thing going on the top of that one. But you yeah. can see what a difference nine years later. You've you, you've been on tour long enough. You've got people directing you like, here, try these these you know this fitted. Yeah set of clothes and now look at how yeah i mean styles are. were different though too you know i mean he maybe he was looking fly for 2007 yeah. who knows um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh uh oh i did want to say it placed uh in walking on a wire when they did that survivor it was uh second place polaris was for uh futures when pebble swift did the survivor it was third place and it swapped with kill um uh so it oh, made wow. it to round nine and then best of the best survivor, it placed fifth uh, in uh, the best of the best survivor. Um, let's see. Oh, we were talking about songs that sounded like this. Somebody else had mentioned that 
uh, somebody on Reddit, let's see who it was. Anyone else think that Let Down by Radiohead sounds like a Jimmy Eat World song? To me, it sounds somewhat like a Clarity Era version of Polaris. Are you familiar with this Radiohead song? Uh, Let Down. I'm not Let Down a by huge Radiohead. Radiohead uh, uh, head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge Radiohead either. Um, but here is a little bit of Let Down. And I think I did hear it in the chorus. I think it was a vocal melody, of all things. I mean, I, I hear I, it in I, there a little bit. Yeah, I a little bit of the vocal melody. It. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Uh, seasons. What did somebody say about the seasons? Uh, Corey Willis says, are there certain songs you associate with seasons? I know I often associate Polaris in 23 with colder weather. I feel so validated right now uh <laughs> where although didn't everybody say that futures was yeah anyway um whereas pain a praise chorus and always be our summer songs um but yes i definitely get cold weather vibes from polaris i think that is a huge uh plus to that record getting winter vibes seasons um this was kind of cool and i have a couple posts to load up about it um what was her name Natasha Melissa got the word Polaris and 23 in Jim's handwriting tattooed on her. Um, Whoa. Which is pretty cool. I just sent you the uh, image of the tattoo. And she posted another thing um, uh, with some background information. She says, I got Jim to write out Polaris and 23 for me in October of last year. So that would be 2019 uh, and got them done a month later. I do a lot of these kind of tattoos and get my fav- favorite singer to write it out and then get it tatted. I love it because it means a lot and is unique to me. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Not any lyrics, just the word Polaris. Oh, yeah. In very much right. Jim's handwriting. Um, and then, oh, same person, Natasha Melissa, visited Gare du Nord in 2014 and took herself a photo. Uh, oh, nice. Let's see that. In, at one of the signs that say uh, SNCF Guerre du Nord and she says look <laughs> at me being so happy with myself back in 2014 heart somebody oh, else said Frank DeRico totally Frank D Jim. Frank DeRico uh, took a picture when he was on his way to Versailles uh, of the uh, Guerre du Nord sign um, but yeah pretty cool everyone knew that it was Guerre du Nord except for us man <laughs> and then uh, let's see uh, before I get to this, yeah, yeah, 
man, I have so many videos, so many videos. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm excited. I I I'm excited. Uh, there's like a couple that I don't want to necessarily like talk about on the show. One, I call what did I call it? An interpretive, you know, there's interpretive dance. Yeah. I found one that's an interpretive mope. I feel like oh, by boy. somebody named, <laughs> I'll just leave it. It's in our YouTube playlist in the show notes by gospel sharp, but it's an interpretive mope more than it's an interpretive dance. Um, there was also a garden state fan made music video garden state. One of my favorite movies of all time. I, uh, I wanted to critique it, but we have so many covers. My biggest critique was that it was actually very well done, but they used, they had too many clips with lip flap. They were, uh, I, I thought they, uh, (laughs) I thought maybe they, they had kind of understood that you shouldn't have lip flap in a montage, uh, because it went on for a while before there was any lip flap, but then they sort of like unleash the beast. Um, uh, <laughs> this is fun. I want, I do want to show you this. This is an insanely on the nose fan made music video with stock photos. Check this out. Someone made, So do they tell a story with the stock photos? They literally show you a photo of what Jim is saying. It's so on the nose. <laughs> Butterfly bridge. Why the bridge? It's pretty. (laughs) Old people. Old people nose to nose. A picture of a a valley, a lush valley. And then a girl talking in a man's ear, and then a heart, and then a landscape for anywhere. Driving footage. Nala being like sullen, being sad. People holding hands. I love it. Somebody walking away. (laughs) Is this on iStock Photos YouTube account? It should be right. This is a great (laughs) way to show like all of their stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Look at what we can offer you. Two anime you literally music describe a song. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, since we looked at uh, the band playing it, let's watch Jim playing it at the Rebel Lounge real quick. All right, it's a song called Polaris. I'll say it straight and plain. I know I've made mistakes. Always been afraid. Capo on two. Yeah, still. A thousand Maybe it's in drop D flat. I travel east and north. Oh, please answer the door. You can say that love goes anywhere. In your darkest time, it's just enough to know it's there. I love his style of playing. When, oh, man. when he does stuff acoustic, he rearranges it, which is what bands should do. I mean, I love Blink-182, but when they play acoustic songs, they just play power chords, and it's yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, sir? 
Uh, um, I, that's what I figured. I figured they're just they're punk rock musicians. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it sounds really bad. Um, but uh, he like rearranges the chords and and plays like acoustic chords and like uh, really like makes it all like jangly and twinkly and changes up the the rhythm of it and it's great. Just and I am super great. jealous about it. Uh, that he can do that. <laughs> that he can do this so yeah. cleanly. I yeah, I mean, I, you it, basically I, have to write a new song. Like, you have to, like, how do I play this song more cool? Like, is essentially right. what you got to say to yourself. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, finally, before I guess uh, I get into... Yeah, I'm going to give you this, and then we'll go into two cool things. Jake T. O'Donnell. So, I'll give you a hint. It's in his top uh, uh, 1 through 50, and there's an mm-hmm. episode of the twilight zone the number blank looks just like you oh wait no shoot i totally got i think the number is let me see yeah shit the twilight zone episode was the number 12 <laughs> the number that this number is also a room number in the twilight zone episode i think is what i remembered but do you oh, remember boy. do See, you I'm know not... what i'm hinting at <laughs> no i don't uh so i, I imagine it's pretty high on his list so, not number 12. Uh, room 19? Is it number 19? No, it's 22. So, uh, let me actually look oh. real quick. Oh, you're right. Room 22. 22 is episode 53 of the American television series Twilight Zone. The story was adapted by Rod Sterling from a short anecdote in the 1944 Bennett Surf Random House Anthology Famous Ghost Stories, in which an adaptation of The Bus Conductor, a short story by E.F. Benson, published in the Mall the Paul Mall magazine in 1906. One of six episodes shot on videotape and the short-lived experiments aimed to cut costs. Yes. Uh, I hate the videotape episodes of uh, Twilight Zone. They look so bad. Um, and there's a couple really good episodes that uh, that are shot on videotape. They're just rough to watch. Anyway, yes. Number 22 on J.T. O'Donnell's top 100 Jimmy Eat World songs. Here's what he has to say. Polaris... Futures 2004. More than any other album they've done, Futures has an extremely specific feel, a feel summed up perfectly by two things, the cover art and Polaris. The word that comes to mind most with Polaris, sinister. Everything about it. Uh, how did I lose my place that bad? Everything about it, from the lurching background guitars, the creeping twinkle of the melodies, the blistering main guitar notes, Jim's half-whispered versed vocals, and the uh, topper of the chorus, you're killing everything in me. Shit, does uh, this one might be more sinister than even disintegration, and that's saying something. Polaris is an encapsulation of the band's conscious decision not to follow up bleed american with bleed american 2.0 but instead do what they wanted to do with futures you could argue this wasn't the greatest monetary decision they ever made but it's what got us songs like polaris and several others still to come here also there's a reference toward the end of the breakdown to gare du nord a train station in paris that i briefly stopped in during my honeymoon this year I have to say, though, it wasn't until I researched this piece that I realized that was the lyric. Hell yeah. We are in good company with Jake T. O'Donnell not knowing yeah. that he said Gare du Nord. <laughs> uh, so what do you want to do first? Do you want to do Megan Galding or my rave DJ? Well, you were psyched about the rave DJ. Very excited. I'm down the for the rave DJ. Okay. 
Here is, I'm going to send it directly to you. Uh, what even was it called? <laughs> uh, Slow Polaris. And of all bands that had the same tempo, key, and Camelot, Third Eye Blind's Slow Motion. And I have listened oh, to this really? Ray DJ several times, and it's really good. <laughs> okay. I'm excited Sorry, now. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Here it is. Slow Polaris. This Jones taught me English, but I think I just shot her son. Cause he owed me money with a bullet in the chest, you cannot run. man that was really good it's really cool yeah and it, it even where it ends up is really cool um, oh toward the end of the song yeah cue up uh speech what is text to speech oh yeah um, i got a queued up we've man. got a megan galding uh hit me with delivering that megan us delivering us the instrumental version in all of the lyrics to polaris um here we go no intro I'll say it straight and plain. I know I've made mistakes. I've always been afraid. I've always been afraid. A thousand nights or more. I travel east and north. But please answer the door. Can you tell me? You say that love goes anywhere. In your darkest time, it's just enough to know it's there. When you go, I'll let you be. But you're killing everything in me. Oh, thank you, Megan. <laughs> I want to snap my fingers. Yeah, man. That was great. <laughs> Never disappoints. Oh, man. Oh, Megan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I also have two anime music videos. Uh, oh, there was this weird thing. I just don't know it well enough to, to sit there and listen to it. It's like nine minutes long. But somebody did... a piano cover mashup of this song and an evanescent song for um, nine minutes <laughs> yeah and i just don't know it well enough uh upright piano cover evanescence jimmy eat world give unto me polaris mm. one of my favorites this not, is yeah, uh 
is our boy Joe, too, by the way. Um, luckily, oh, yeah? I have another Joe to play later for final thoughts. Um, one of my favorites needed a bit of updating. I play these songs together in so many different ways and like this new t- take. So uh, it's in the playlist. If you want to, if you're into Evanescence, give unto me. Um, check it out. It's Joe. So we like Joe. And it, it, oh, yeah. it is a great cover, but I just, it's swirling all over the place and I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> here's what we're going to do. I literally have 35 covers. I will go in reverse chronological order. And maybe we'll play on the public feed the first, uh, I, I say reverse chronological order. I, I'm going to go from um, uh, the lesser of the covers to all the way up to the best. And maybe we'll play a couple of the lesser ones on the main feed and then we'll end up on the couple of good ones and we'll leave the rest for Patreon. What, it, what say you? That's fine with me. You, you were so excited about the covers that you had found. Uh, that I, I watched the sequence of uh, posts that you had made, so I felt to, <laughs> I felt it would be best just to leave this in your hands as far as direction goes. So whatever you want to do, that sounds great to me, man. I'm on board. Awesome. So what we can do is we can start with this. I uh, haven't done this in a while, but uh, I did an edit with the people that did um, uh, what's it called uh, uh, play along covers. And I found a capable uh, uh, guitar player, a capable bass player, uh, somebody singing it. Um, uh, and then I realized I didn't have a drum. So I, I, but I remembered seeing a zillion drum covers of it. So I just went to the one with the most views and I have put this together and I'll play it right now and watch together. I did the, what I do in the past is I'll put their name, their YouTube name um, in uh, over each of their videos while it plays so you know who's who and uh, here we go Sighting. <laughs> we got Alexander Salmon on bass got Rich Raw Dog drums on drums yeah Raw Dog Dennis S. on guitar right here. These people have no idea that I've done this. It looks like they went and did a YouTube cover. And Christopher Hellier, who I believe we've talked about on the show before. Oh, Hellier we have. Hellier. Dennis playing the vocal melody right there a little bit.
I need lighting uh, like Raw Dogs got, man. Yeah, man. So I, I like doing this that type of stuff for them. Excellent. I haven't done one, I feel like, in a year or something. So I'll do what yeah, I've done in the past. I'll I'll uh I'll uh I'll put all of the original videos in the description here and then I'll post this video in each of their videos so they can see. because uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I would feel if somebody did this to me on YouTube. So I, I would I, I would be... I, I would want to know, I guess. <laughs> I would want I would to be know. honored. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so that that's that's my little contribution to the covers section. I made a band out of the people that uh, that played. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I guess I thought I would do a split screen at some point, but I just got lazy and I was like, you know what? This looks pretty good. <laughs> so it looks and sounds excellent, man. Well, uh, we'll start at the bottom of my list here. Um, <coughs> I assume you only pulled from youtube um i didn't pull any in fact i oh. left it all I, i'm leaving yeah i'm leaving the whole Good. thing in your hands i can't I'm imagine i left these any listening live i'm listening to these yeah. these covers live so i can't imagine i left any on the cutting room floor so i think you would have found all of these there so was one there was one, one i found on um and i know you're, you're gonna get to it but on soundcloud that we'll talk about but oh cool yeah i definitely have yeah. a couple soundclouds up here so uh this one i put a little cursed. Um, this is Never Ending Fall on YouTube. I love Never Ending Fall. I would. I wish fall would never end. Um, so here we go. Plenty of acoustic covers this week. as i remember it being cursed uh, so, huh uh, yeah i i i had two that were cor- cursed uh this other one by gordon maskell uh that one i put a little cursed never ending fall i put also a little cursed so maybe maybe uh <laughs> maybe gordon maskell is a little more cursed um let's take a listen artwork doesn't help no it doesn't it looks like we're looking through a, a cutout in a cardboard box spying on somebody. i feel like yeah i feel like anthony perkins uh in psycho like norman bates looking through a hole in the wall 
Yeah, this could play over somebody's descent into madness, and yeah. I would uh, it would feel very fitting. However, you know what this also could play in? Uh, some sort of like superhero movie where they are always doing like those versions of songs. Uh, I, I remember the Watchmen famously did this for their original trailer when they did that Smashing Pumpkins song um, in like a new spooky way. And now every trailer does like an old 90s alt rock song and a well wasn't the first way. one that first one that i remember was duran duran's mad world that was uh for which movie oh man i i know for a fact it showed up in gears of war uh in one of their promos for it i can't remember which movie it was before that though yeah i feel like donnie darko might it have that song not. in it but i don't think they did yeah, like a special go. version of the song um if you remember the watchman trailer they had a special version Yes, yeah, so Mad World has since been covered by various artists, most notably by Michael Andrews and Gary Jules for the soundtrack of the film Donnie Darko. So it was the Gary Jules version. Oh, interesting. That was a version. Okay. Here's the here's a yeah. little bit of the Smashing Pumpkins in the Watchmen trailer. Still haven't seen this movie. Big naked blue dude, right? Yeah. I have no idea what I'm watching. Anyway, <laughs> that's that. I mean, I feel now what I remember feeling when I watched this. I was like, I guess a lot of that looked cool, but I have no idea what was happening. Um, I guess that's what people want. Uh, so somebody did a, uh, what did I say? Crunchy look Washburn acoustic guitar. This is Jason Oaks on YouTube. Lots of acoustic boys on uh, on this. Tell me 
that high note uh, that Jim but wrote in there. It's hard to hold those uh, those falsettos, man. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that Jim wrote that really insanely high note in there. What did I say that it was? It wasn't even the highest note he's ever hit, but it it definitely a B feels like it because the song is in a lower register. Yeah, yeah. B flat four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty good. So uh, maybe this is the one you were talking about. This is Dr. Thurman on SoundCloud, and they also posted to Reddit. This is the one. A nice piano and acoustic cover. Did you also see that all of his artwork is uh, oh yeah it's a long exposure of Polaris. Polaris look at him yeah each one of his songs has one a different shot too oh that's cool insanely good man it sounds like what would be in between the demo uh yeah the rough demo and the studio version yeah totally so dude oh man uh because i'm looking at his thing and i wanted to look a little bit more into the other thing um i just sent you an image from inside the album art now this is inside the deluxe album art but check out the iconography version of the cover of futures so this is like i don't know if this is an alternate cover um or or what it would be but it's another of that like needle going through the circles around it like uh, could be polaris that we're looking at um uh it's called futures there's like all these like weird um graphics of of things and it makes me wonder like are these like potentially like sketches yeah like so the album is called futures there's a telephone booth on the front and then there's all these sketches of things that could be time machines. So is this like the Bill and Ted album? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, what I anyway. see now that I, now that I see this one in color, it looks to me like, uh, I, I in the image that we're, we're looking at here is those concentric circles in, in, and in the center, it almost looks like a, a drop in a pond. But I think of a black hole, which is, yeah, 
also screws around with space time. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, futures. And then it's like Polaris, but not really. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a trip. What do you think? 484-J-EAT-POD, if you're hearing this on the uh, <laughs> Patreon. But we're almost uh, to the end here um, of covers, thank goodness. Um, the next <laughs> is a Japanese group. And I'm going to have to jump forward in time because they play three songs here. Here we go. So you got a violinist, a pianist, an acousticist. This is Numkayon2012 is the account. This was posted January 2016. It looks like Friday after work. Yeah, totally. But this is great. Nice blend too. Yeah, everything. Man. Each that one of those instruments. Uh, this oh, this is so fun. This is the creativist is the account, but this is so rad. As a dad, I sent this video to you. It's so good. RJ cover of Polaris by Jimmy E World. It's a dad and his son. Can you tell me? So that is Jeez. RJ in February of 2012. Is that just not the best? <laughs> Absolutely adorable. Ugh, the best. Uh, all right, so now we're getting into um, people, not, not necessarily adjacent. Uh, so I always reference chorus, leave a rating and review on iTunes, and uh, you can be entered to win a year of supporter status on chorus. And every now and again, the chorus community comes together to do covers albums. Sometimes they're based on a theme. 
Sometimes they're based on a band. Sometimes they're just based on nothing in particular. Uh, they did a Jimmy Eat World one uh, some time ago. And uh, XK Heimster uh, over on Chorus, the user XK Heimster, covered uh, Polaris, which was the last track on that uh, compilation. I don't think Watch Together will do Bandcamp links. So it I may not. need to so, yeah, send, that one send over this me. your way. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I always I always have this uh, that covers album bookmarked for us to <laughs> please can yeah. we play something from chorus <laughs> and you know it's only like 12 tracks or something so all um, right here we go so x skymster yes all right This guy Brad so puts a, these together. Uh huh. Go ahead. Okay. It, is that a compilation? Like, there's multiple people putting each one of those instruments in, or this is just this particular person's. This entire... particular person did this track, and okay. a lot of people are either uh, really. Uh, most of the people on course are big, big fans of music and specific bands, and there's forums for each band and all those types of things. It's a news website for the most part. And then uh, the forums is where the sort of fan bases come together. And this guy, Brad, uh, he sort of has passed the torch on since then, but he put together, I mean, countless dozens of these uh, compilations um, and always encourages people who have never even done music before. And maybe they wanted to, or maybe they just got garage band or they're messing around. Uh, He's really, really a positive uh, influence on people to get them to just record something and submit it and we'll put it all together. It's all for the love of the band anyway. So excellent. uh, Yeah. Uh, Brad's Brad. I I remember we were talking because Brad's a big Blink fan and I was like, oh, do you listen to Blink 155? He's like, I kind of hate how they shit on all the covers. So I don't really like that. Brad's very insanely (laughs) positive. So Um, yeah, me saying uh, that a cover is cursed is probably I always think of Brad. (laughs) Um, uh, 
So uh, I have uh, only three more, um, and I'm very excited for all of them. This is our first of two piano covers. Um, our second we know, and we'll do final thoughts over, but um, this uh-huh. is a, a new <laughs> pianist in the mix. This is Tito Burrito. Ooh, Tito Burrito. I don't hear anything. That's weird. Oh, there it is. This is from April thinking of taking in a, a, a second hand like upright piano oh. something that people would be offloading you know, nothing yeah, yeah. That, you know we wouldn't want to buy anything big we'd have to get it all tuned and all that but I, I i would absolutely love waking up to the sound of one of the two kids playing anything like this any kind yeah. of p- piano rendition of any jimmy world song would be right music to my ears man i mean the angle's perfect all you need to do is watch it learn it <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one, I it could have easily been glossed over, um, but not by me on this episode. I, I'd found so many great covers. I think I might have found this on my second pass going through, make sure I didn't miss anything. And sure enough, I found us from user Caretal, the Virginia Tech Acapella Choir. Yes. <laughs> Virginia Tech juxtaposition. It's from March 2019. But this is... Oh, yeah, no. Uh, what? Virginia Tech's acapella group juxtaposition covering Jimmy World's Polaris on their 2007 album Anomaly. So, I guess they released their album Anomaly in 2007 which included this cover I say it straight and plain I know I've made mistakes I've always been afraid I've always been afraid A thousand nights Travel east and north. So please answer the door. Can you tell 
Oh, that was enjoyable. Man. Love acapella music. Yeah, man. I, 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 would you guess that there's 11 people in the band, maybe, I guess, based on the album art? Right. I don't know. By hearing it, no, I'd, I'd guess about half a dozen. Right. Um, but yeah, there it is. Uh, and finally, we have Joe on piano to play us out while we talk about final thoughts on the song Polaris by Jimmy Eat World. Justin, what are your final thoughts on this song? So I have to admit, this song has always just sat deep in the mix of this whole album. It's track 8 of 11. Uh, I only recently figured out what the title of the song is, right? Yeah, it's Kill, <laughs> It's just always right? one of those songs that, <laughs> yeah, that has just been in there, and I've never looked and remembered what the track was. So it's now solidified as Polaris. It's, it's a banger. Um, it is, but it still sits in the shadow of 23, which is why I, I can see why it's on, it's in so many number two positions for a lot of people on Reddit. And people think of this as like comparable to 23 or even, you know, uh, a little bit better than that, that track. It's a big one. I enjoy it a lot. There's a, and there's a lot of love for this one too. Yeah. So it, I'm glad to have found out more about this one. And uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a big one for me. What about you? I agree. Again, I always thought this was kill. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't know the names of anything, though. You know what I mean? So um, right. I think after having analyzed it today, I think while we were listening to that uh, break room cover of the uh, of the song, I realized that while it's I definitely think it's like up there. This is probably like this is top tier Jimmy Eat World for sure. But I almost feel like this is an um uh a small company of songs that I would say are quintessentially Jimmy Eat World songs that have all the quintessential bits that make a Jimmy Eat World song. So it's not the best song. It's not, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't speak to me directly in any way better than some other song. But in terms of the elements that comprise the song and the lyrical content, I think it makes it a quintessentially um, essential Jimmy Eat World song, if that makes sense. It does. This would make a perfect Jimmy Eat Cake, is what you're saying. Exactly. Like, if you're going to introduce the band to somebody, I think this is a pretty good song. Because the the chorus is no slouch. Um but it also has a lot of the quiet parts. It has the arpeggiated guitars. It's got like a cool lead guitar part. It's got amazing vocals by Jim. Uh, it has all of the parts. So yeah, all the harmonies. It's got it's got one verse of the guy talking to the girl, and then the girl talking to the guy. Potentially, yeah. it's it's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, there it is. Polaris. There it is, man. By Jimmy. What a beast! World. What a beast of a song. <laughs> <laughs> So while we're going here into the holidays, I want to just remind everybody to continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes.